0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Infuse with Light. Today we're going to discuss uh, the topic of mental health specifically in relationship to men. So I just wanted to put a disclaimer out there that some of the content of this podcast may trigger some of you and that if you are in need of assistance, please seek out the appropriate medical advice. This is a huge, huge topic and one that my guest Jared and I feel strongly about and have personal experiences with. So let me tell you all about today's guest. So Jared Terrell is an actor and comedian from Toronto, Canada. He has been involved in the film industry for over 15 years and can be seen in such projects as Fringe for Fox, Reaper for The CW, Four Christmases and A Wedding for Lifetime, and most recently will be featured in season two of Amazon Prime's hit series, The Boys. He is also a mental health advocate and shares his stories on both his Facebook and Instagram page. He has a great YouTube channel geared towards mental health titled JT's Mental Health Talk. So thank you so much for being here, Jared. We met way back in 2015 when you read out some of my TV scripts. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. It's uh, great to be here.
0: Yeah. So big, big topic. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw out some stats. These are Australian. So Jared, like I said, is in Canadian. But I just kind of wanted to highlight. So Beyond the Blue... And the Black Dog Institute in Australia say that six out of eight suicides are men. And the number of men who die by suicide in Australia every year is double to our national road toll. So that's pretty staggering numbers. So I'm not sure whether Canada has uh, such a, a big mental health issue, but that's kind of where we're at with Australia. So, Jared, do you want to maybe start off telling people like maybe when you first experienced? mental health or you were aware that perhaps you were undergoing this?
1: Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it was in my early 20s um, when I really started kind of noticing things. My, my mother actually was pointing it out, like I just was really, really anxious and I was having, I would get anxious so easily and I'd have a lot of tr- uh, trouble managing it. Now, granted, I didn't really have any tools either. I didn't understand it. You know, like I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't kind of uh, journaling or talking to anyone or trying to figure it out, you know, why I was feeling that. But eventually got to a point where it was kind of really too much to deal with. And so I went on antidepressants. Um, and I was kind of at the time I was told that, you know, it would just fix this chemical imbalance and over time, the imbalance will be fixed, and then I wouldn't need the drugs anymore. Um, And, you know, here we are 14 years later, and I'm still on them. So yeah, that was obviously not the case. And, and, I mean, I could rant forever, but that's, that's kind of one of the big problems with mental health is it's, you know, it's like the only, I guess, system organ in the body that we can't We can't dissect it. We can't take it apart to see what's really going on because then the person dies. You can't really cut open someone's brain, but
0: exactly. It's invisible. And you know, that's, that's the, the scary nature of it.
1: Yeah. And, and, and there's also just so many theories. Like we still just don't know substantially, you know, for a fact, what is actually going on.
0: Yeah. Like Um, there's so many aspects and it's so highly individualized, you know, like environment experiences, then of course there is body chemistry and the physiological aspects. But like you said, it's, it has to be treated on an individual case by case in my belief anyway, because you can't just treat, treat one aspect of it because it's so multifaceted and it it manifests in so many different ways in someone's life. And it doesn't look the same from one person to another.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: So then what were some of the obstacles that you faced being a man with mental health like you just like when you were confronted with like antidepressants like did someone suggest counseling or therapy to you and and how did you feel about those healing modalities
1: um no one really suggested counseling I think it's like it's so hard to remember it's hazy I, uh, a lot was happening in my life then but I think someone suggested like group therapy like cognitive behavioral therapy um perhaps because it was free it was covered by you know medical um so i did that for like 10 weeks i guess um but yeah no mainly it was just uh just kind of you know take the drugs it'll help and they did help like my anxiety was leveled out a lot um but i had to switch i just switched medication because i was having like some Some side effects that I was not yeah it's a bit trial and error when it
0: comes to medication I think
1: yeah and so I switched and then I just ended up getting more and more depressed like I don't remember being depressed when I started medication I didn't take it for depression I took it for anxiety yeah and I don't know if it was the medication that made me depressed or me just not dealing with my own baggage and, and my own demons that made me depressed I can't know it's a chicken egg thing but it just got worse as the years passed. And, um, yeah, I wish, I wish someone had, had tried to tell me about like therapy and, and, you know, introduce more natural tools.
0: So how then like, do you, how did you get information? Like do you, when you're at university or like acting school, were there like mental health talks or information? Was any of that like presented to you? Was that in your environment? um
1: not really no yeah that's disappointing
0: isn't it like I I think there's this misconception that it's kind of everywhere and we've got flies and things everywhere and you you and I have spoken about you know having mental health days that are specifically for men and I just don't think that really does enough I think I think it's great it's definitely obviously anything that is geared towards mental health is is great but I just I don't know I just it's interesting that you say that you didn't really have anything that kind of Was presented to you to like where to go to reach out for help ultimately or
1: guidance yeah no i i had to seek it out actively like i would talk to doctors you know and they would send me to psychiatrists and and you know eventually i did like this group therapy program it was like it was really intense it was four months from 9 a.m to 12 you know five days a week and uh i think i was 24 at the time i was Pretty sure I was the youngest person there.
0: Yeah, I guess I. And, yeah, that's crazy. And did you find that useful?
1: Yeah, at the time it was. Um, so th- I don't know if it benefited me in the long term.
0: Yeah, so I guess I kind of want to talk about. I mean, your profession—you are an actor and a comedian, and heavily involved in the arts industry. And that is, you know, well versed that there's, you know, mental illness is rampant in in our creative arts industry. So then, yeah, it's our thing. It's, it's our do, right? Um, <laughs> and you're an actor. Like I kind of that's a very interesting. And you know, we hear so often about actors and actresses suffering from extreme mental illness. And I kind of was hoping we could dive into that a little bit more. Like, how do you manage your job when you have that? Like, what are your coping strategies? How has acting helped or hindered you with perhaps this this condition? Or I'd be curious to know.
1: Um. Well, I'll say first of all, I'll preface that question with you know people ask me like why why is it so heavy, why is it so prevalent in the arts, and to me it's pretty simple. I think that artists are far more emotional, far more sensitive. Um,
0: yeah, there's definitely high levels of empaths <laughs> floating around yeah, the industry. It's
1: just we're just we're just we're just more emotional than the average person. It's just and and it's sort of kind of need to be to get in touch with i guess your art you know if, if, and it doesn't mean it's not to say like you need to be a mess but you need to access those emotions to be able to create good art especially it's the spectrum actor. like that's that's what we do yeah right
0: yeah and you need the spectrum of emotions right you need to if you're jumping yeah. into a character how can you act like that if you haven't experienced that emotion i guess
1: well i mean yes and no uh, I mean, it depends because, like, a lot of the time you have never experienced that emotion. So you use your imagination yeah. to get into it. But I just think as a whole, artists are, are more sensitive people. And um, and also, it's a, it's a difficult life. It's an unstable life. So if you're choosing an unstable life that is unstable financially and, um, you know, just as, as a career, you don't even know necessarily when you'll be working it's, hard, it's harder to be stable emotionally and mentally.
0: Yeah, there's that, that security you know I mean? isn't there and that routine aspect of a lot of other jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's not good for a lot of people. That causes, you know, like you just said, instability, vulnerability, stress. And I, we will talk about stress a bit later too. That is a huge aspect for men and their mental health. So, yeah. So, how, um, how has acting helped you or like what techniques do you do if you're having like a bad mental health day? How do you do your job?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, acting is helpful. I'll answer how it helps me, first of all. Um, it helps me because, I mean, acting is very therapeutic. It just is. Um, you kind of, especially if you're doing dramatic scenes, you, you get to get out all these emotions that you cannot express appropriately in real life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not appropriate to have outbursts. It's not appropriate to be enraged and yell and smash things. But you get to do that in acting, and it's and that's awesome.
0: So cathartic, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And and so that's how acting has helped me. It's also helped me just express, I think, who I am. I, I I feel like inside I have so much. I feel so much. I just have these deep, this deep well of emotions, and it's really. I can't express them a lot of time. I don't know how to get them out. And and sometimes that can be depressing in itself. And so to have this outlet is, is really, it's really important for me.
0: Yeah. That's interesting that you just said you have all these emotions and you still don't know how to express them. So what other, I mean, do you talk to other men about it? Has that been something that's been scary or like intimidating to do? Do you, how do you, if you're not acting, how else do you process those emotions and those experiences?
1: Um, I I've started to talk about it a lot more and kind of a lot more candidly and and just almost off the cuff, like casually, because I find if you can just talk about it casually, it's easier for people to just open up and because it's not a big deal, it's just a thing, right? Yeah, you just slip it into convo. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't know, I'm I'm just I'm really good at talking about like I. Like deep topics, having deep conversation—it sort of just happens very naturally with me. I don't plan it; it's just so. And people feel comfortable opening up to me. That's always been a thing since I was a teenager. So, but as as far as like talking to other men, not really to be. If I'm going to be honest, yeah, no.
0: please. And I think. And do you think that's like to me? I think that's a huge problem because women, we sort of, you know, we. I think it's easier. I know we're stereotyping, and I'm only speaking from my experiences um, only. But you know I well, feel stereotypes
1: like... are, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason yeah there's is is the truth, of truth in them, yeah so. definitely,
0: and I feel like you know women do have a bit more sense of community, and we you know can express our emotions a bit better, so I just don't know like I think of my dad who suffered extreme depression towards his later life and oh. would never cry in front of me, would never say anything and it 's like this i can't imagine the burden on top of dealing with that emotion of hiding it on top of everything else, that just must be incredibly difficult. And I just wonder how many other men are doing that, you know, like with a job. Yeah. I mean, and so many of us are doing that. We have to go to job. We have to put on a brave face. We have to get through stuff, you know, the life shit happens. But I just yeah. – what, what do you think – what would you like to see happen, like in terms of men's health?
1: Um, I would love to see – I'd love to see men – just talk about it more and be be more open about it. Um, you know, there's, there's this one day. We we have this one day. We talk about this. This one day a year. It's called Bell Let's Talk Day. It's, it's like January 30th or something. And it's all about mental health. And there's lots of interviews and, you know, celebrity share and all that stuff. And um, and so that's cool. And, and I've seen, like, when I've Googled, that kind of thing i've seen videos with a whole bunch of you know studly celebrities talking about it just having you know like don't be afraid blah 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 just you know those promo kind of videos yeah. but i guess in in the real world i would just yeah i would I, I would love i would love guys to broach the subject and bring it up because i bring it up sometimes and
0: and how is and that I'll, meant I'll, do, do do men respond well to it or do they dismiss it or well
1: they actually do but i'm 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 usually selective of who i share it with like i share it with men that i know or that i think will be supportive you know that that are um that i trust or um that i at least know in some aspect you know um Either they're other actors, or their friends, or they're they just seem like good guys that won't judge me. I, I don't really share it with strangers. Yeah. Uh, and but you know, usually when when I share, you know, they even if they. Uh, sorry, like, I thought I cut out. <laughs> that's all right. Um, you know, even if they don't—they uh, don't understand or deal with it, they're supportive. You know?
0: yeah definitely I and I, I just want to commend you and say thank you for coming on and talking about it just that in itself is is huge and it is difficult and so I am really appreciative of it and your YouTube videos which I have watched many many over the years um, and your Instagram and your Facebook they're really vulnerable yeah. some of them and so how do you feel about them and like wh- why do you put those videos out there? Like, you really wear your heart on your sleeve in a lot of
1: them. Um, I started doing them because it was just for me. Like, I just felt that I needed to share. And I felt like there weren't a lot of guys talking about it. And so to hear a young man especially talk about it, Um, I mean, I guess I was about 30 at the time. You know, I, I just thought, yeah. yeah, I just thought maybe it was important. And I kind of had... I think a different take on it. Like I would try to throw some uh, comedy in it or, or or I would try to like be light about it, even though I was sharing something very heavy. And then it seems to resonate with people. Um, You know, like a lot of people reached out and and said they really appreciate my work and that, you know, I need to keep going. I, I really have not been able to like, I intended on the YouTube channel being a big thing and a full-time thing and like maybe I can even make a living out of it and I just have not been focused enough to be able to uh dedicate my time to it unfortunately so
0: yeah but I think it's good you do it when the time yeah you know it's all yeah, about timing I, I guess like and when share and, yeah and,
1: and and I feel like yeah. this might help someone if I share this you know
0: That's exactly right. And that's what we're hoping with is just to talk about it. And I kind of wanted to segue into comedy. Like both you and I, I write comedy, you're a comedian. Sense of humour is something that has helped me a lot, um, but it's also a deflective tool that I use quite a lot when I'm uncomfortable. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like how has your comedic aspects, like how does that play into mental health with you? like, um. People you know, and you know, you look at Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, and they all suffered such extreme mental health issues. People always say that to me, like, Jan, you're so funny. And it's like, I feel like sometimes I have to balance the extreme dark with light. And I sometimes there's no middle ground, so it kind of flips out into a a comedy aspect. So how does that happen with you? Um
1: that's an interesting question. I haven't been asked that a lot. Uh, you know, I think I think, yeah, when I'm feeling good and I'm feeling like I want to be silly and I, I'm i very much an entertainer, like, I just like entertaining people and and especially making them laugh. And, like, I don't really do a whole lot of stand-up comedy, but, you know, I, I try to make people laugh with whatever I'm doing, whether it's in person or it's, you know, online. Um, but I think it's, it's, maybe it's a little bit of, like, strike while the iron's hot. Like, if you're in a good mood... And you can share that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's milk
0: it. Because who knows? Because for me, that doesn't happen that much. So when I'm in that kind of high vibe aligned mode, I'm like, right. And I feel super productive because I'm conscious of the fact that I could swing yeah. at any moment back down. But I, I do find the comedy depression specific link um, quite interesting sometimes um, I, I
1: can use it to get the- myself out of it too if, I, if i'm depressed sometimes i can use a comedy like just doing a silly video or being a goofball to like slightly elevate me so if you're at the bottom of the staircase doing a video can bring yeah. me up one stair or two stair it doesn't bring me all the way out i still like after after i do a funny video i'm like oh, fuck you i'm i like, i'm a fraud I'm lying, you know. I'm putting out this yeah imposter this mode. I get persona, like that, yeah. but I'm sad right now. So you're full of shit. There's a little, it's a little self hatred there. But I think I think it does help me start climbing the stairs. So
0: yeah, definitely. And and anything that helps you, you know. And it's it's a constant peak and trough kind of situation with any type of mental health uh, situation. You know, good days, bad days, different environments, different triggers. So we're constantly dealing with external as well as the internal which is really um stressful and I guess the next thing I want to talk about which you and I have spoken a little bit about is um and I think it's very very on point considering that you are an actor but talking about personas and putting up a front when you have got mental right. health
1: well I mean as you know we are all personas like when you're meeting someone and you're interact- or interacting with someone it's everyone has a persona because if you were just completely vulnerable you'd be a fucking crazy person and no one would want to interact with you right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, pretty much. Like here here are yeah. all my flaws. Yeah. Here yeah. I am.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're on your best behavior especially when you meet right. people for the
0: first time. Yeah. We're all exactly. acting to yeah. some yeah. degree. We're
1: putting our best foot forward and um so we all do that man or woman doesn't matter. But I think as a man I feel like I feel like we need to be a little bit like we're, uh, we're seen as needing to be on more of an even keel and having our shit together and being like the strong one and and the provider still and 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 you know uh, men men don't get emo- emotional you know there's still this this stupid stigma that you know boys don't cry boys and, don't and cry it's, it's still all a that crap I mean yeah. a lot of us know that that's bullshit you know, real men do cry.
0: But it still, still does exist.
1: Yeah. In some yeah. essence.
0: Yeah. As much as we'd love to think it hasn't, and it, it is changing,
1: sure. there is still that stigma. And, and so I feel like as a man, we kind of, like, we still need to be the dominant one. You know, like, we in thinking about dating. The guy approaches the girl. That's just how it is. You know, once in a while the girl will approach, but very fucking seldom. So it's just... You know like we kind of need to court you and i mean if you're in a heterosexual a relationship but you know what i mean like men, yeah. we're physically bigger taller we're stronger like there's that's just kind of in us and so i feel like we need to be warriors sometimes and and seen as like in, infallible is that the right word yeah like yeah,
0: in, yeah indestructible and achi- yeah, and constantly achieving
1: and, and, yeah especially with myself, like I kind of have this alpha male persona a lot of the time because I used to be like really, really small and skinny, so I started working out and now I have you know like fairly a fairly built body, and so it just lends itself to being kind of i don't know a little bit of a tough guy, a little bit a little cocky and and that makes it very hard to be vulnerable and open up and yeah, I just feel like uh that's really present in men. Because mental health is still seen as a weakness in a lot of circles, especially as a man, you know? Yeah. If you have these mental health issues, it's weak. Uh, We all know that that's not true, you know, that the contrary is true, but but I think that's still in us. We still feel it, like, as an instinctual thing. Like, I can't be vulnerable. I can't share this shit because people are going to judge me.
0: Yeah, we're so afraid of that. Like I like to think, you know, I have I think I've spoken to you a lot, like my, my life path kind of took more of a spiritual turn and it, the more I learn about myself there's, and the more programming you kind of work through and your cognitive behavioural therapies and all that type of stuff, you still go back to that hardwired programming and patterning of like I'm being judged and it's, it's not very nice but it, it does exist. And I think we'd all be lying to ourselves if we didn't have various masks and personas that we put on. Like I can I often astound myself that I'm like a highly functional mental health person. <laughs> like I could be at work and just be like in chronic depression and I'm still mm-hmm. highly functional and I think that's something to take into account too that you just don't know what's going on right. with people. Especially like high-powered stressful jobs and in my oh. previous job um it, I educated my my boss quite a lot on mental health and kind of bring it to his attention that it was important, that it was something to talk about and that we're not robots and that we're going to have bad days, good days. And we need to create a space where people are allowed to feel and allowed to reset themselves. You know, we, we can't just live in this, constant process process do 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 environment anymore and I think so many men are are, like we said before high achievers you know breadwinners there's still unfortunately that wiring in them so I don't know how we kind of combat that but I think having a lot of um, men in workplaces and in in corporations or wherever who are kind of across mental health and have the capacity to talk about it could be a real shift in the in the workspace at least which I would like to see happen more
1: it, I, I, don't I don't know how that shift it will, is made, though. but I think a lot of shifts in the past we've wanted to see happen and they kind of just happen through, you know, small incremental steps. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm a visionary, so I can't really see how that would unfold, but I just think talking about it is the first step. And if we can just talk about it more, then it can be just a thing. I, like Not a big deal. Like I was, I was away this weekend at this summer camp that I I volunteer at every. And I was talking to a couple young girls, I think they're like twenty, twenty-one, and we were just sharing about, you know, like one of them, she's on antidepressants and has been for a year, and she was sharing some kind of mixed feelings about that and the stigma involved in that. My journey with Mm. medication, and it was just very cool, very grounded, like zero judgment we were just chatting we're just shooting shit and like I feel like that's awesome like I would love to see more of that
0: yeah and it's and I think also like being a facilitator of that like so if you are someone that has we're a bit older and we've gone through like you know the ups and downs of it be the initiator of that like yes that's can be a bit daunting but it's really important and that's why you and I are initiating this podcast. We want people to be able to reach out to either of us. Like if you're listening to this and you don't have anyone to talk to or you even want to be anonymous, you, I'm sure Jared would let you reach out to him 100%. and vice versa for 100%. me. Like it's, it's important to have people to reach out to. And also I think that's a really good um, point that you touched on is just holding a neutral space for people. Like yeah. drop the judgments. Like let, let people speak their truth. Because it's theirs, it's not yours. Um, and if if someone is honouring you to speak their truth, then you need to be respectful and and honour that they've shared that intimacy with you. Like it really, it is a very intimate experience talking about your deeper, darker side. I think. Yeah, definitely. So maybe let's talk about exercise. Does exercise help
1: you, or has exercise it helped you? Exercise is my biggest tool. Um, yeah like i remember watching this ted talk by um i think his name is dr iliardi he's a he's a psychiatrist and he has a program that uh focuses on uh treating depression with no meds like it's just through natural ways there's like six six uh like this program and one of them is exercise yeah in his ted talk he's like Exercise is medicine. And it's true. Like, I I feel I'm a different person. This morning, I was so depressed. I was lonely. I just felt like I made myself go for a run. And I didn't feel perfect afterwards, but I felt a hell of a lot better. And there's been where I've just been deep in depression and just hate myself and everything. And I'm like, fuck it. Just go for a run, dude. Just do it. And then, and then I feel completely different afterwards. Like, So yeah, I mean, if you're depressed or anxious and you're not exercising, what the fuck are you doing? You know? like Yeah, I, yeah. come on, come on. But <laughs> what are you doing?
0: You just wanted to bust <laughs> out I an did. accent. You've been doing that once.
1: <laughs>
0: it's true. I know you too well. I know you too well. Um, exercise is huge. And it doesn't have to be, like, find something that, you know, sometimes you're like, I just don't have the mental energy for this. But I think if you're able-bodied enough to find something like just even a short walk, you know, five to ten minutes, just and you do a couple of those a day, they build up and they do shift yeah. those endorphin levels. It helps with sleep. I was also going to say getting out into nature is probably my biggest um, thing. I'm a big advocate for getting away from the distractions, yeah. all the fluorescent lighting, the technology, The phone, um, social media is terrible for me. It triggers my mental health off the chart. So having like a detox day is something that really helps me. So are there any other things like that that you Um, have found really useful? I just want to speak
1: about exercise more because it's so important. Yeah, of course. Um, And I like what you said, like start slow. If you don't exercise, start slow. Start something small. It's like meditation. You don't jump into meditation never having done it and do half hour meditation. You do a minute or two.
0: Yeah, and, ex- and expect to yeah. see visions and things. Yeah, um, it's, it's incremental. So
1: start small and find something that really. Like, I have so. I've been fucking hitting the gym for what? 17 years now? 18 years? Like, you know, four or five days a week, I know what I'm doing around the gym. And yet people still try to tell me, like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Like, why don't you try. I mean, you're riding your bike, isn't that enough cardio? No, it's not enough cardio for me. Riding 15 kilometers yeah. a day, 20 kilometers a day is not enough cardio for me because I need to sweat. I need to run a sprint and I need to be dripping. That is what makes me feel the best. So, so I guess my, my advice is do what works for you and don't let anyone try to suggest something different.
0: Yeah, because you know yourself the best and it it can also be an unfortunate aspect where people like to project their stuff onto you and everyone likes their opinions and, of course, even the best well-intentioned people, but only you know your body and what you're capable of. I mean, I have a friend who was so depressed, like we're talking bedridden depression, um, anxiety and and some other um, health issues going on and she bought a resistance band, you know, those Pilates. Um, Yeah, and all she started doing was just in bed, playing with that with her arms because that's all she felt like she could muster up doing and over time that has helped her because it's flexibility then she started doing her legs you can do a lot of like a lot of things with resistance training but Mm -hmm. that's all she could do and if that's all you can do that's okay but it definitely shifted and it gave her mind a different focus and I think that's what's good about exercise you can that's why so many people love running I think because it's woof, you can let those thoughts run out and then you do get that sort totally. of runner's high <laughs> that they like to talk about. Um, for me, it's definitely getting in the ocean. Um, I would like to say surfing, but these days it seems to be more floating than nope. it's surfing Wait, once upon a time. When I... <laughs> uh, no, there sir. are, but I'm just terrible. <laughs> these days my surf level has, uh, has diminished. Um, you mentioned meditation. Surfing's hard, man. Okay, what like, was that?
1: That's, uh, I got respect that for is. anyone that surfs. it is
0: yeah so you mentioned meditation before is that something you've attempted to do or yeah you
1: practice? I, I aim to meditate every morning doesn't always happen but i aim to do that for at least 10 to 15 minutes um i it's like guided meditation so i'll throw in some earbuds and it'll either be like something on youtube or like just pleasant sounds um right now i'm using this headband called muse which actually um it measures your brain waves, which is very cool. And it, helps, yeah, it helps you keep on. Wow. Trying, but it, it's a little bit more of a technical thing. It's less spiritual, more scientific. Um, but I find when I do that, my days much more calmer. I feel less anxious. I feel more, um, I guess, collected. And I think clearer and more rationally. Whereas the days that I don't notice, I don't do it. I notice that I'm scrambled. I'm kind of, I I can't think as rationally. I'm less focused. I get get stressed out easier. So I know it helps my anxiety for sure. Probably helps my depression as well because I feel more at peace. So yeah, I I highly recommend it. Um, I think it helps with self-love as well, which is just that's at the root of depression it's always you know? needed like if you <laughs> your self-love is not totally good, there's a a really great chance that you're gonna get depressed at some point you know
0: yeah it's and it's all those stories that we tell ourselves and um you know i i work in lots of different modalities i i, I for me personally i've needed the psychiatry aspect um, I now do all natural medications and things and then I also have like um, sort of spiritual practices and energy things like more like Reiki and I've got like quantum healing because I think sometimes you need a plethora of things. It's not just one particular thing. So it mm-hmm. is a little bit of trial and error. So if you try something and it doesn't work, don't don't get more disheartened. It, it's just sometimes a matter of finding, like you said before, what speaks can to I, you.
1: Can I ask you what you said you use natural yeah. medications? Can I ask you what those are?
0: yeah sure so I um it actually came through via my neurological condition so I've always suffered extreme migraines and um one of the main causes um or a belief of thought um is heavy metals in the body are linked to depression um and so I was like oh okay there could be something behind that I ended up getting tested for it like they take a strand of your hair and Turns out I had huge levels of heavy metals in my body and I was like, how the fuck do I have that? Like I'm you know, like how does that even happen? It's just exposure. Your parents can carry it so genetically, so if your mum had it, like it's just it's a whole host of things. Like plastics. Um so yeah, and I had really high levels of lead and aluminium in my body. So I now um have a heavy metal detox smoothie, which Anthony William, who calls himself the medical medium, some people might find that controversial, but you know that that has changed my life, pulling heavy metals life out through, of my body. Um, head something head. as simple
1: lifestyle, exercise and everything.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. Yep, absolutely. And there's a whole host that he talks about there. So medications for depression. So SAMI is a a homeopathic remedy. St. John's Wort has been known to help, things like Passion Flower um b12 is a huge culprit for depression and most women are severely deficient in b12 iron and
1: zinc like Five and so stuff it's also too, for yeah. me it
0: was looking at yep i was just about to say 5htp and then there's another one 5 MTHF, with which is like a methylation because again it's like if your liver's sluggish and your digestive system isn't processing things properly you know what it's like if you go to Macca's and you eat a crappy meal, you feel heavy and you feel gross as opposed to sort of – so I started to look at that and heavy metals has been a big aspect. So I do a heavy metal detox smoothie and wild blueberries is a big component of that and coriander I know or cilantro, right, however, that. you guys. Um, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't like that, but it's, it's a potent little herb that can really pull it out. And once I started doing that and shifting my diet around, I was able to mm. – um, monitor my moods. And I'm pretty anti-chemical. Um, that's from my own experience of suffering a lot of neurological distress and, and physiological symptoms that way. Um, and that's just what felt right for me. It didn't feel right. I have been on medication in the past, but it found, I found it made me very numb and I wasn't able to process my emotions. And I'm a very emotive person. Mm-hmm. And I needed to cry. Like I needed to get to those depths to kind of like get to the other side. So there's, there's, you know, and seeing a naturopath, there's so many, so many avenues that you can kind of go down to, to look at that. Um, This is going to be a weird question, but what a (laughs) weird, maybe counterintuitive. What are the things that don't work? Like, what are the things you'd be like? Don't
1: go and do this. Uh, Like drinking alcohol. Um, I still do it because I play the. I enjoy the break and the release and, and, and the socialization with others, kind of like being being part of the group, feeling like you're part of it, you know. The social yep, aspect, the yeah. Social yeah, aspect, just, just definitely. My brain and my emotions uh, a break, you know, like my my, my Yeah. Yeah, my, just my, a my zone out. Going if I'm feeling you know, unhappy about my career or like a heartbreak or, or whatever, it's just like it's just constantly nattering in my hair, but limiting that because, you know, so many times I wake up the next day just feeling like so fucking depressed and, and shitty and and hating myself a little bit even because I think intuitively I know like, well, I should just stay away from it. Um, so I try to balance that. Yeah.
0: It's better the devil, you know. Sometimes that's like me, like with binge eating. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm just gonna yeah. go and buy chips and yeah. soda and whatever. Yeah, and I know it's yeah. sabotaging myself.
1: Um, so, so that, um, yeah, food. That's I'm glad you brought that up. Eating shitty, you know, eating unhealthy food. Um, I have a sweet tooth, and so I typically will eat something sweet every day. But it could be just a piece of chocolate sometimes. Um, and also, like, I balance that out by eating very healthy and and pretty clean and
0: yeah and so yeah it's about balance Um, too
1: so when i let my diet slide and i'm not eating lots of fruits and vegetables that's a problem um not exercising you know like i went for a run today but i haven't gone for a run in a little over a week like that's not really okay for me so it's kind of just the things that you know that make you feel good that help letting them slide is a problem for me um uh, your social circles letting yourself you know like we get lonely we want to we want to hang out and 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 sometimes yeah. the only people available are the friends that make you feel like shit but you you rationalize and yeah. you trick yourself into thinking that'd eh, be fine and you're like well, you know all because yeah. any
0: contact is better than no contact when you're right. in a really and shitty, then lonely I place. Get home yeah. And I
1: feel like fucking garbage. And I'm like, dude, I should have just stayed home by myself. Like, I I enjoy my own company. And your own energy. I like energy. being alone. I need my alone time. I need my private time. I don't think, <laughs> I don't know if people get that. I don't, or anything when I just want to go chill. But,
0: well, people need to become more comfortable with that concept. It's something I bang on about in my, um, in my own sort of ethos is this inability to sit with their own uncomfortable cool. emotions. And that's a problem. But for me, that's a real, um, that's difficult. That's incredibly difficult. But that's difficult. why we're so addicted um, to the
1: phones and I... social media, because it's a perfect escape. Totally. And this, this has been a really hard week for me in yeah. the last seven, eight days. And I've just been glued to my phone and I fucking hate it. Cause it's literally like a small child in a security blanket. I'm walking everywhere.
0: Yeah. And it's weird, dopamine hits too like look yes. get this little random dopamine hits yeah. like oh someone's liking my thing or someone's reacting to me or social media is a minefield to me I, I really find it because um... it's the po- for me it's like the postcards of my life And I, I someone said to me the other day at my Instagram like wow you've traveled and you've done so much and I look at those photos and think yeah I cried my brains out that night I was you know grieving over my parents it's like you don't see the in-betweens of like Of social media, so I I definitely have to stay off it sometimes, especially like if it's um, relationship or you know male related, and you're looking at their page, and oh, you can just go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) I think knowing knowing your own triggers is is important to know, and that can come with time. So you know, like I think journaling has also been something that's kind of helped me to to write down, and then I'd look at the pattern, be like, oh, okay, that that topic is is causing me the most distress.
1: I think. I think social media is another one as far as things that don't help my mental health. Um, it's, it's almost sad that that needs to be, like, a thing that you check off on a list, but really managing that yeah. because it can be a slippery slope. And, and if you're a sensitive person, it can really make you feel like garbage. And, you know, sometimes, not as much anymore, but before I was really aware of it, I'd wake up and, and look on Facebook or Instagram and then f- immediately feel like shit, feel horrible with myself. And I was in a yep. good mood. I was feeling good. So you really need to yeah. keep a lid on that and just be aware, just be self-aware and monitor how you're feeling with these yeah. interactions.
0: Keep like I um, have it written down. Everyone's like, keep choosing the highest vibration for you. Jen. like, mm-hmm. is that going to make me feel good? Yes? Okay, then do it. Is that going to make me feel shit? Then don't do that because it's force of habit and you go into override mode of like, okay, I'm just going to do this anyway and hurt my... It's just a form oh. of self-sabotage. It's pretty...
1: I'm the so, king. Yeah, definitely.
0: definitely.
1: King of self you're, you're the yeah. king of self-sabotage.
0: No. <laughs> oh, golly. Golly, golly. That ain't fun. But look, we've you've made... so. But when you look back on your sure, let's call it journey, <laughs> what would you say to your younger version of yourself? Like if you could say anything, what would you say?
1: Um I'd say <clears throat> I'd say be kind. Be kind to yourself and and be kind to others and have patience, you know, with yourself and others in life and and stop expecting perfection. You know, I kind of, I've always been sort of a perfectionist in one way or another. And I, so I expect perfection of myself. Then I also expect perfection of others. And that's really not fair. It's really not fair to others. And it's not fair to me either. You know, it's, it's like I'm setting myself up for failure before I even start. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That paradigm yeah. we know doesn't it's just work. Like <laughs> I'm, yeah. yeah. But I'm we do still it anyway. I'm really
1: kicking the shit out of myself, you know, like that whole you're your own worst enemy. Like the self critic is really powerful. Oh. And um I wish I could just go back and tell my fifteen year old self, like, dude just chill. You know, it's okay. You d- you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be cool. Just just be yourself and Yeah. Just just be kind. Just be kind.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you know, like, it's, that's beautiful what you said, and it's making me a bit teary, because I think, um, you know, if, if you sort of do any therapy, we often talk about you in a child, and it's like, how would you, you know, like, how would you treat, your, if your best friend was saying those things, you would just be like, what are you talking about? You're amazing, and, you know, I wouldn't let my mm-hmm. friends talk about themselves like that. It's so strange, and yet we will just berate ourselves for days, hours. I can go right down the rabbit hole of that, and I was going to ask, and this might be a personal question and you don't have to ask it, what – is there something in particular that um, you sabotage yourself over the most with? So, like, I'll, I'll share it quickly with me. So, for mine, it's comparing myself to physical yeah. appearance of other women. Even though I'm, like, I'm mostly okay with my body, I'm going through some health challenges at the moment, I'm I'm not the weight that I want to be. But even though logically, like, I know that and I – it's not about them. There's no jealousy. It's just I want to look like that and that's this. So I guess comparison is my big big yucky yeah. trigger. Do you have one in particular?
1: Um, Wayne Dyer. Comparison is the thief of all joy. Just saying. Oh.
0: Wayne Dyer is amazing. And see now you've just prompted me I should probably go back and,
1: and listen to some of his podcasts. That
0: podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Hay House. There's heaps of um I mean, his books are amazing too, but yeah, the Hay House have a whole heap of um, oh, okay. interviews and podcasts with him.
1: So there you uh, go. Nice. Well, because he passed many years ago, I thought so. I didn't he did indeed. Podcasts a thing back then. Um, well, I guess they're
0: probably trans. Or, yeah, right. them onto like a stuff, platform.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Something, so something that I sabotage myself with. Um, I would probably well, like. Say, yeah. Maybe. I it... mean, what's coming up? What's resonating is dating. Um, I think,
0: okay.
1: I, I think I keep myself in this place of not feeling worthy, not feeling good enough. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. It's, it's like a, a, a place that I sit in. So it might not necessarily be thoughts. A lot of times it is thoughts though, like, Oh, they're going to think this about me. Um, and also that related to finances. Cause you know, like I'm 35 and, and, you know, I don't have a house and, um, you know, I, I don't have, I mean, I don't need a car. I'm living in Toronto, but I don't have a car and I, you know, I don't have a whole bunch of money and stocks and all that shit, right? I'm not, I'm not like a businessman and I'm, I'm an artist and so, you know, um, I'm not super wealthy and so I feel insecure about that a lot of the time and I think I'll bring that yeah. into dating and relationships. Mm-hmm right off the bat and
0: so if you met someone um a, a female who was earning more money than you would that make
1: you uncomfortable um, do you think maybe it would depend on what her expectations were you know like if she's wanting to go for fancy dinners every night Yeah, i mean so, yeah
0: you're like hell no we haven't we haven't so we haven't toasted well, sandwiches team. you know it <laughs> depends
1: on what her lifestyle is her lifestyle might might just be completely different than mine and if she you know is used to spending a bunch of money and doing those things that's great but that's not who i am that's not how i live and so yeah it'll it'll make me yeah. uncomfortable if she has those kinds of expectations but no i mean i've i've dated lots of girls who have more money and make more money than me it's I, it's not a big deal it's not about well, expectations and and, yeah. and no i just and and, and communicating that right
0: yeah, I just set you up a little bit because I just I just love that you're so honest and I appreciate that. Like for me, you know, like I just asked you a question and you just answered it with like complete authenticity and that's, that's what I hope other men who listen to this will be able to do, you know, as part of their own kind of healing in a, in a way. Um, I do want to talk about some fun stuff at the end about like your projects and stuff, but I guess the last thing I kind of want to ask you is what would your advice be to men who are experiencing or struggling with mental health at the moment and what would your advice be to men who like have other men so if if you were a friend and you came up to them and you're like to your guy friend you're like hey i'm struggling with depression your advice to those people who that might confront them like the advice on how to handle that, Does um, that make
1: sense? so well is that two questions like advice to men that are struggling and then what was what was the other question
0: yep the advice to people, like if you're a male friend and you've got another male friend, come up to you and be like, hey, right. I'm having okay. a really hard time with you're depression the, or anxiety. With yeah. Struggling with um,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the, the, I'll do the simple one first. If you're a friend or a loved one is struggling with it, um, just be open and, and not judge, non-judgmental. Um, you don't necessarily have to put yourself in their shoes because if you have not experienced any mel- mental health struggles there's no way you're gonna understand but i guess just being open and compassionate um and supportive and however that looks for you it doesn't mean you have to always be an ear for them to you know to chat about with it and, well that was a horrible sentence um but uh yeah i think just i think just being open and supportive. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, you'd be surprised. Like sometimes when I've been um, incredibly depressed, just sometimes just sitting next to a friend on the couch, not really even mm. talking, just company can sometimes really just be enough to. Yeah, I,
1: yeah. I think just just being like, okay, well, like what do you need right now? Like, what, um...
0: That's a great question. I want everyone just to stop for a second. That is a great question, not just with mental health, but with everything. What do you need right now? Like that, Jared, that's. That's such a, a fantastic question. It's because it shows active listening, empathy, and, and a call to action mm-hmm. to help them. Like it's, it's a real, it's a genuine support mechanism.
1: Totally. Yeah. And, but also like to, I think it's not your job to help them and fix them every time. Like they need to take responsibility for themselves. Okay. But, you know. Of
0: course. Of yeah, course. There's, and there's, there's that yeah, balance. There's the balance yeah.
1: exactly.
0: And of course you'll be able to gauge that. And you'll be able to gauge if they're getting worse and then you need to nudge them to other, other avenues of help that, you know, are beyond yeah. your capacity. Um, so
1: what I would say to men that are struggling with mental health, I mean, anyone, but we're talking about men this time. Um, yeah. You don't need to be ashamed. Uh, it's okay. It's completely normal. Um, everyone goes through it at some point in their life. It's just it's the normal part of the human experience. A loved one dies, you get depressed. You go through a bad breakup, you get depressed. You lose your job, you know what I mean? Um, But if Mm -hmm. you're someone who is struggling with it on an ongoing basis, it's totally normal. And you'll be amazed how many other people are in the same boat as you. It's just that we don't really talk about it and everyone puts up a really good um, face in front. And, And also I would say it's okay to feel really, it's okay to feel fucked up it's okay to feel like there's something wrong. It's okay to feel like you shouldn't be like this and that you're stronger than this. And um, yeah. Um, And it's okay to feel ashamed. I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't feel ashamed because you will. And, and I still do. But um, I think pretty much any emotion you're feeling, unless you want to go out and murder people in which, you know, that's not good.
0: You Probably might be not, a not good.
1: Not but... good. But no. Definitely don't want those no. dramatics. Um, yeah I, I say just whatever you're feeling is, is valid and just be kind with yourself and, and really try not to judge. When I've struggled the most is when I, I judge myself so harshly and think that I shouldn't be feeling this stuff.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much you're for welcome. sharing that. And like, thank you for talking about so candidly it, it's i know i've said it so many times but i am truly appreciative of just how open you always are but i want to end the chat a little bit on just a, a bit cool. more lighter note so tell me what's happening in your realms of your projects you've got some cool things like the boys on amazon prime that's pretty cool what else is floating around or on the horizon yeah, for so, you um
1: i'm in uh, the last episode uh, episode eight of season two of the boys um i think that airs mid-october really awesome show if you haven't checked it out um check it out
0: yeah what is it about i don't know what the people in australia have. we have amazon prime we have various different platforms but what is it so it's, about it's the about boys about
1: loosely superheroes um but they're all corrupt and they're all kind of controlled by this organization this corporation and it's it's cool. It's seeing like superheroes that are like they're sociopaths and, you know, and, and it's seeing almost like this human side of being a superhero. Because everything we see like with Marvel and DC, you know, for the most part, it's all like, it's just so happy and perfect. And, it's yeah, so well equipped yeah, and mentally sound. <laughs> whereas, like, mentally sound. There's this one character yeah. that he's sort like, of like nope. a Captain America type guy you know and and just a you know winning smile and he's super pretty and blonde he's like we're here for you america but then he goes out and murders people you know and yeah, yeah it's a bit exactly. of a dichotomy, Total dichotomy. <laughs> so i just love <laughs> that grittiness and it's dark and but it's funny too uh you know carl urban's in it and he's really funny and there's just a lot of yeah, yeah we don't <laughs> like the Kiwis, but um, that's.
0: And we like to claim them as oh, ours okay, anyway, so we nice, will claim them. Nice.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really. Story. I love the acting. Um, and it's cool to see a lot of. I think you see a lot of imperfections in people, you know? And, and so it's, it's yeah. a different take on superheroes, and that's why I dig it.
0: Yeah, and hopefully, um, you know, I guess with coronavirus, <laughs> making TV production, obviously, that's what I work into, and that that area is a little bit halted. So I don't know what it's like. Uh, productions Canada, are actually but, starting up again. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. good.
0: That's good to hear. Yeah, that's positive. And so, what about anything down the track? Any like stage plays or anything um, that you might want to do? Look at me. I'm really stuff, fishing. Yeah. I'm like, I, what I do you do? What do you do? i want to know i want to know i don't really divulge, do theater
1: um i haven't done a play in i guess about t- like a full-length play in about 10 years um film and tv is kind of my love that's what i enjoy the most and yeah. um that's my focus um and
0: toronto is such a good hub yeah for that, like a real mecca for yeah. that yeah. industry yeah well, I'm super glad to hear that it's kinda of coming back up on its feet. That's that's a positive for yeah, sure. Yeah, I
1: didn't think it would start up this quickly, so I feel really um positive about that and and you know, hopefully we keep it under control and there's no second waves, but uh I think we're doing good here. Everyone's yeah. everyone's being pretty responsible and and respectful and uh yeah, things are looking good. Good.
0: Well, I wanna wrap it up there. So I just wanna say thank you so much, Jared, for your time and just for being so, you know, expressive, open, honest. And I'll put a couple of links um, when I post this to Jared's YouTube and stuff and his page, you know, he does <laughs> post some pretty funny stuff as well you can check out his work. <laughs> and if you're a big TV fan like I am, you can add those TV shows he's in to your, to your list. So, yeah, thank you so much. I really have appreciated the chat and uh, hopefully our listeners get something out of it. So thank you so much yeah, for your time, my Jared. Thanks, uh, thanks
1: a lot for having me.
0: No worries. And we'll see you guys on another episode. Thanks, everyone.